Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're also going to be speaking about a welfare crisis. And at two Westminster committees, they've been hearing from experts at Stormont that Northern Ireland is facing another crisis in welfare reform if a mitigation package agreed by Stormont isn't actually extended. The Northern Ireland Affairs and Department of Work and Pensions committees, they've heard predictions of spiralling destitution among welfare recipients in a £585 million package agreed by the DUP and Sinn Féin ministers if it doesn't extend beyond March 2020. So what does all of this mean? And I'm sure it's very relevant to some of the people who may be targeted with a BBC licence fee as well. Uh, let me speak to Kevin Higgins, who's Head of Policy at Advice NI. Uh, Kevin, Good morning. Good morning, Frank. The welfare crisis, put, put it in ordinary man and woman's terminology for us so we'll all understand it, Kevin, what this crisis is. Well, I suppose if we rewind to the autumn of 2015, and people will remember the, the crisis that was around welfare reform at that stage, the Assembly wasn't passing the necessary legislation. So as a result um, of, I, I suppose, agreements at that stage, the Fresh Start Agreement, the legislation went through, um, but it went through only because a welfare reform mitigations working group was set up that was under Professor Eileen Evison. And she reported in January 2016, and she recommended a whole range of uh, mitigation measures to protect people from the worst impacts of welfare reform. And they have been broadly welcomed, I think, by everyone. They have, they have helped us get through um, the introduction of many welfare reforms and, and helped you know, ease and, and, and make sure that the harshest impact weren't felt by the most vulnerable. Um, the only problem is... Those mitigation measures had a, an end date, a deadline, if you like, of March 2020. So what we're saying now is that we're coming close to a looming cliff edge in terms of those mitigations. And we have to start thinking about this now and we have to start making decisions about what needs to be extended. Actually, what additional measures need to be in place to strengthen those mitigations to protect our most vulnerable. Are you confident that the steps that are needed will be taken? That's a huge question, um, and I suppose it's all part of this this uh, piece of work that we're doing at the moment in terms of, for example, yesterday giving evidence to the Joint Committee. And what I would say is that I suppose myself, Professor Evison, and representatives from Housing Rights in Belfast and Lisburn Women's Aid give evidence. But there was a claimant panel actually yesterday 
between 10 and 11 and we had four claimants who gave voice to their experiences in terms of claiming universal credit, their experience claiming moving from DLA to PIP, their worries and concerns about the bedroom tax. And actually, even though we tried our best and when we were speaking between 11 and 12, actually by far the most powerful session was that 10 to 11 session where real people were highlighting their real issues and real concerns. Um, the, the big issues obviously are the bedroom tax. There's 34,000 households protected from the bedroom tax, but they're in scope to be hit by that from March 2020. And equally, the benefit cap, there's, at the moment, there's 1,500 benefit cap families protected. But again, from March 2020, they'll be impacted as well. One of the figures, 92% of housing executive tenants that are on universal credit are in housing arrears. Is that right? Isn't that an amazing statistic? And that, that, that's official information that came from a Freedom of Information request. So just to repeat that, um, of all the universal credit uh, claimants that are in housing executive accommodation, 92% of them are in arrears to the housing executive. Now, that's a, that's a big issue in terms of universal credit. And there's, there's lots of issues um, around UC. Um, for example, applying for it, it's, it's in the main, it's a digital application process. People have to be able to go online and claim universal credit online. So claiming it's a, a problem. And then, of course, there's a minimum five-week wait for the first payment. So many people rightly ask the question, well, how can I, I have no savings, I have no other money, how am I su- supposed to cope for at least five weeks with no money? Now, the department will say you can take a UC advance, which is essentially a loan, but then that creates further hardship down the line because that has to be paid back. And so that's money that's taken out of your ordinary money and means that it can be really difficult for you to live on an ongoing basis. So applying for universal credit, waiting for the first payment, and then, of course, maintaining your claim, doing all those things that you have to do or you'll be hit by a benefit sanction. So those are all the issues that came to the fore yesterday in terms of universal credit. One other question separately for you, Kevin. Has anyone been on to advice NI yet about BBC licence fees? Not as yet. I think that's, that's a breaking story, and I think we're expecting calls about that. And also, as a result of you know, the work we did yesterday with the Joint Committee, we're expecting calls to our Independent Welfare Changes helpline around you know, changes to benefits and, and the cliff edge and stuff. If I may, Frank, I'll I, I maybe give out that number towards the end of the interview. But yes, equally, um, the licence fee, that's a huge issue, and it's, it's the over 75. So it's, you know, it's people that, that watch their money very carefully, and, and that will of course cause concerns. It is a benefit so therefore you could argue that it's the government's responsibility to ensure that people either receive the benefit or don't avail of it. Uh, Are the BBC caught in the middle here? Are they the bad boys because they're imposing the additional fee now on the the elderly or is it it a situation where the BBC is just trying to uh, remain in an ivory tower, very well healed and it'll take money from wherever it can get it? Well, uh, there's there's an element of truth in, in all of what you say there. For me, the big issue is is that people that are on pension credit 
will still get the, as I understand it, will still get their licence free, the over 75s who are on state pension credit. So for me and advice services, in a way to try and take a grain of of, of good out of of what is effectively a bad news story, is is that people in that situation, over 75s, should be exploring if they're entitled to pension credit. Um, If they're on it, then as I say, then there should be no problems. If they're not on it, maybe they should take this opportunity to explore if they should be getting pension credit. We do know that there are a lot of older people out there and Advice and I has done a lot of benefit uptake work in the past and people who, who didn't know or didn't think that they would be entitled actually were entitled or perhaps um, not entitled at the time but if, because of the complexity of the social security system if you can get other benefits in place that can trigger entitlement to pension credit so if I was to take a grain of, of good news out of this it would be people should be trying to assess are they entitled to state pension credit which in turn would get them the free TV licence then. And what sort of hoops do they have to go through to ensure that they get the pension credit? The claim, the application process itself is, is reasonably straightforward. You, you can ring up and make the claim over the over the phone, or if, if you don't fancy that, you can get a hard copy form sent out. And obviously, you can ring places like Advice NI or AGNI or local advice services. And advisors are more than happy to you know to help people through through the claiming process for for pension credit. It is unfortunately it's a means tested benefit, so there will be some quite personal questions to be asked around you know what other incomes come into the house um, and, and that'll be around state retirement pension, private pensions and occupational pensions and so on um, and there will be questions around you know have you any savings and that can impact on your entitlement so so from that point of view some people some older people may find oh that's quite intrusive and we don't want to do that but for, for those out there that you know they may not have very much savings they may not have you know the personal pensions and so on and even if you do it's well worth checking to see if there's an entitlement there. And what about loan pensioner status because you get a significant discount on the rates if you're a loan pensioner, a very elderly person living on their own. Should the BBC not be looking at that considering a television is a form of company? Well I I do. I have a a great deal of sympathy for for the person, the older person that's going to be affected by all of this and um, it's all very well for these, I think as you put it there, well-heeled chief executives and executives on on BBC boards or whatever and they they probably see this as, you know, the way they treat all of these things as as markets and so on and numbers and statistics and a numbers game and they probably see, uh, you know, some, an area there where they can generate some income Um, but from my point of view, you know, I find it very difficult to support this for the very reason that you're, you're, it's a broad brush, brush approach and you're negatively impacting all those people out there who, who, who don't have very much income. They maybe should be on pension credit and they're not on it. So therefore, to take this money off them is pushing them even deeper into poverty. So I would have very real concerns about this. And actually, I would urge the BBC, if, if any of the chief executives are listening, I would say, well, what are you doing to be fair to those people who aren't getting pension credit out there? Maybe you should think about, you know, a piece of work around trying to ensure that every single person who will be affected by this are assessed to see if they're entitled to pension credit and so not have to pay this. Although I see on the other side of that coin, that's maybe not their motivation for doing this in the first place. So there's no incentive for, for them to do this piece of work that, w- that would help the most vulnerable pensioners. Should highly profiled, very well paid BBC staff be embarrassed? 
Well, I suppose from I would have sympathy for staff because I don't feel that staff that would have, would have made this decision. It'll be the management, it'll be the chief executives, the board and so on. Um, in terms of staff, I suppose that they're just doing their job to the best of their ability, like all of us. So I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put the staff in that position. It's, it's the people higher up than the staff that will be making the decisions on this. Um, but I would, I would urge those people that are making those decisions, well, make other decisions that will help people that may be negatively impacted by this, that could be pushing you know, older pensioners into even deeper poverty. So, yes, they see this, this potentially promised land of a lot of money there, but please make other decisions that actually mitigate this for the most vulnerable that shouldn't have to pay it, that should be getting state pension credit. Okay, uh, Kevin, uh, thank you very, very much indeed. Kevin Higgins, Head of Policy with Advice NI, and no doubt uh, the organisation will be getting calls. Uh, 02890 103 uh, 07-66-105-105. Now, <laughs> pension credit, if you're on it, you won't have to pay the licence fee. Many people, of course, who are probably entitled to it, have never applied for it, and the advice there from Advice NI is make an effort and apply for it. But that's still doesn't resolve the issue of the person who is lonely, the person who doesn't have anyone other than that face on the television. They're going to have to pay. Will the BBC send the van to monitor that person? Will the door eventually be knocked? Will that elderly man or woman end up in court? And if you follow it to its inevitable conclusion, end up in jail. Uh, your opinions on it, uh, 02890-3105. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. B105.